0: The Rwando Podcast is an exploration of the unconscious and the game of life. Be sure to visit Rwando.com to get a preview chapter of my upcoming book, Infinite Play, and free access to my content library. Enjoy the show. So I was speaking with one of my clients the other day about flirting with women, and somehow we got to the topic of why humor is a part of the human mating ritual, specifically why it's critical for the man to make the woman to laugh, like that's that's part of the package deal or the progression of steps between uh, a man and woman meeting and them copulating, right? Uh, and I remember uh, when a long time ago when I was working with different dating coaches trying to learn how to flirt and learn how to be social and stuff like that, all those dating coaches, every one of those eggheads had like their own, would, would mention humor as part of their like 10-part system or whatever their system was for attraction. And a lot of these guys would say, Oh, you got you to gotta employ humor. You got to do humor. They'd all say it was critical. Like, they would say, like, you have to, like, uh, enact humor like it was uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh card that you played. And I, I would get that. But, I, you know, the being the nerd that I am, one, I needed to understand why, and no one really really understand why, and two, no one would really be able to explain how. How do you, how do you be funny? I was like, okay, I get it. That I need to be funny, but, like, how do I do this? It was very hard for an analytical nerdy kid like me. So in this video I'm going to take a bit of a risk. I'm going to do the thing they always say you should never do. I'm going to try to dissect humor. So it's not just humor, it's specifically laughter is a part of the human mating ritual. And specifically the man making the woman laugh in a male-female dynamic. Now I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that women can't be funny or that women aren't funny. There's plenty of super funny women, super funny female comedians that I'm a fan of, many things women can do, there's plenty of women who could kick my ass, there's plenty of women who could do great engineering stuff. I'm not saying that, right? What I am saying is that when a woman is funny, it's great, it's nice, but it's not critical for human attraction, for male-female attraction, the way it's critical for the woman to laugh at what the man says or does. And before we go into the analytical stuff, most of us, and even young boys or young children who are maybe not thinking about any of this stuff or not even thinking, obviously, in a sexual way, even for a little boy, there's something primally uh, satisfying about making a girl laugh. Something primarily satisfying specifically about making a girl that you liked laugh. It's a little bit different than making someone random laugh or for a girl to make the class laugh. Like, that's all great and nice. It's nice to get validation. But there's something primal that most of us recognize of, like, when you make a pretty girl laugh or a woman laugh that you're interested in or that you like or you think highly of, it feels particularly good like you're doing something, I would say like archetypally correct or like biologically correct, like it's one step in the right direction for our genes procreative future and the reason for this is that laughter is in a sense a rehearsal of polarity and what I mean by this is when someone laughs when you laugh, when I laugh if it's a real laugh we are temporarily going out of control. Uh, We're temporarily going out of control in the presence or simulated presence of another person. Obviously, if you're watching a Netflix special and you're laughing, it's just you and the screen, there's no one actually there, but you're laughing, you know, on some level, your primal circuits are are reacting uh, to something that someone else said, right? When we laugh, we're literally convulsing with our body. We're literally spasming for a number of seconds in a way that feels mostly pleasurable. So it tells us two things. One, if you, on some primal level, if you really don't want to go out of control in the presence of a certain person, you're not going to laugh. Even if they say the most brilliant funny thing, like if you imagine you're absolutely terrified about something, some real danger, it doesn't matter if the funniest comedian in the world shows up and starts telling jokes, you're not going to laugh. On the flip side, if somehow you're in a tense situation and someone is able to make you laugh, you go into relaxation mode, Right? And it's something that you see a lot in um, if you've gone to comedy clubs. If there's like a weird dynamic in the room, or this this happens. I used to go to like these like uh, small rinky-dink comedy clubs, and sometimes there'd be only like three people in the audience because it's like a weird time or something. And even if the comedian was like legitimately funny, there's something about the the room or the dynamic where like it just becomes uncomfortable to laugh, because anytime we laugh, a power dynamic is created, which brings us to the second thing: is that to laugh you have to feel safe in the presence of the person in some way now this power dynamic can go in two directions uh, one is great for polarity the other one is not the one that's uh the one that's not is like obviously if you're laughing at someone you're not really surrendering in their presence uh you're kind of like demoting them if obviously if someone falls flat on their their face and you laugh at them the power dynamic is that you're feeling superior to them but on the flip side, and this is what most comedians, what most good comedians do, even self-deprecating comedians, which is, which is interesting, is that in some way, they get the audience to feel comfortable, in a sense, surrendering to the person on stage, or in a regular social dynamic. If one of your buddies can make you laugh all the time, on some level, you feel safe going out of control for a few moments to his ideas, right? Now when we bring this to the sexual dynamic, if a woman's laughing at a man's jokes on some primal typically preconscious level, her unconscious or subconscious is like, oh, it's cool to be out of control in his presence. And this goes both ways. If someone's going to laugh at something you said, they have to temporarily be willing to surrender in your presence or, you know, for just, just for a moment see you as a superior. And I remember um I grew up in New York City, uh, there's a lot of subcultures, especially where I went to high school and middle school, and I remember, you know, I was a super nerdy kid, uh, not like particularly, I was definitely not high status in any way, but I would, some, I would often interact with like these super like tough guys who were trying to be gangsters, or like they're, they had a the thug persona, like always tough, and sometimes just because, you know, uh, I had this like nerd humor, sometimes I would get these guys to laugh. And I remember in these moments where I would get, like, this thug kid to laugh, it was like there was this turmoil on his face for a moment where he would get upset that I made him laugh. And something they would often say is, like, man, you stupid. And, like, he would, like, tr- try to be angry at me for a second while laughing, of course. And my interpretation of this is that he was upset that for a moment he had to, like, we had to be peers or he had to actually, you know, surrender. I was making him go out of control for the few seconds that I made him laugh which of course threw off the dynamic that he was somehow superior to me for that moment, right? This is why uh, humor is such a powerful weapon or a powerful tool in social dynamics. Because you can't laugh to someone's cleverness without respecting them on some level. You can't laugh without being willing to surrender in their presence for one moment. And it also works the other way around. Because like, for instance, in in my relationship, my woman laughs a lot of stuff I say, even though my ego feels very delighted by that. I can't take that as evidence of how objectively funny I am because I know she loves me. She's really into me. She thinks highly of me, and we have a dynamic where she uh, willingly goes into surrender very often uh, in, in various ways. So the fact that she laughs at most things I say doesn't really mean that I'm funny. It means that she's already willing. Like We're so well rehearsed the first surrendering that everything that I say that's mildly funny, she finds very funny. And, uh, you know, I even tease her about it, right? You know, I tease myself about it sometimes. It's like, it's not that I'm even that funny. It's like she's so in love with me that my stupid jokes are perceived as funny or my stupid jokes very easily put her into this uh, out-of-control state where she's able to laugh. Because, again, the principle here is that to laugh at someone's jokes, you have to go into surrender, which is a thing that most women want to do on some primal level. As I say in all of my episodes, I, I went deep into this in the How to Get a Woman into a Feminine episode. All of sexual dynamics come down to procreation, of course. And uh, everything woman does, whether she's testing you, whether she's laughing, whether she's not laughing at your good joke because maybe you know she's, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't, really doesn't feel safe or really doesn't trust you or really is unwilling to surrender in your presence. So even your brilliant one-liner just won't get her to laugh you know th- these are indicators right because everything a woman does on a preconscious conscious sexual uh, sexual level is screening to see if she can be pregnant with your child right if she's willing to laugh she's willing to go out of control it feels good to go out of control in your presence which is what laughter does it's a small signal, it's a very small rehearsal maybe a, a 1% rehearsal of what it might be like if she's pregnant with your child and has to rely on you Because obviously in the wilds, a pregnant woman is pretty helpless. She needs a strong man who who she's willing to surrender in the presence of. Humor is a rehearsal. Laughter specifically is a rehearsal of that. So now I'm going to do the riskiest thing of this episode. I'm actually going to do my best to give you some principles. Principles to help you have polarizing laughter in your dynamics, in your interactions with women. Actually, one thing I want to say is... When I was studying dating from more superficial guys, a lot of these guys would try to come up with um, explanations of try to, how to be funny that I never found to be useful or something that a lot of dating coaches used to, um, used to suggest in the early 90s were to read these improv books, which are great, actually. Improv is one of the best things I've ever done uh, for my mental health. Uh, improv comedy uh, taught me to think quickly. More than, more than be funny, it taught me, like, trust... The thoughts that are in my head and just speak in real time. So I'm forever grateful for that. A lot of um, a lot of dating coaches would recommend this book uh, called "Comedy Writing Secrets" by Helitzer. and I don't know. I don't know if that ever really helped. Uh, I might, you know. All I want to say is like the main thing you don't want to think too much. And certainly, one of the, one of the things I really dislike about the pickup subculture and how it's influenced more mainstream culture is that. It's had this whole generation of guys recycling each other's jokes and recycling each other's stories in a way that's super inauthentic and is super unreal. Anyway, I'm not gonna rant further on that. But I'm gonna give you three principles that I think will help you be funny in a flirtatious way. The first principle, and it's actually something I suggest with all flirting situations, which is to, all, actually all interactions with women, even in the bedroom, is to pay attention to detail. The more you pay attention to a woman, to a person, to a thing, to an activity, the more you pay attention, the more feedback you'll get that'll tell you what to do. Um, This is true for escalation. It's true for creative projects. I think it's just a life principle that's true. But specifically with this, when you pay attention to a woman's idiosyncrasies, the things that make her unique, right? You'll find these things that become raw material for things that can become simple jokes or simple teasings or something that could be turned into a cute moment of laughter. This is very different than memorizing jokes or just copying things that you've heard on sitcoms. Although I do think most people develop their sense of humor by consuming funny media. So if if you're really... uh, yeah, I mean, watching comedy can't hurt. Actually, watching comedy is probably the best thing you can do to just, like, practice that funny muscle. But in the, in the moment, paying attention to detail. And uh, the most common way I probably make my woman laugh is when I'm mimicking her or teasing on her on some idiosyncrasy, and she has many, or, or I notice many, because I pay a lot of attention to her. And I, I, even the other day, I was kind of teasing her on how she always laughs and me just copying what she says. Like, she'll say something, I'll mimic it, and she giggles. And I I made fun of her for that, even, right? I I met a level of mimicry, or met a level of paying attention. And I was, oh yeah, I was just like, you know, I'm just saying what you're saying, and you always laugh. And she said something which was very, uh, very wise, which is, she said, I don't know, but it makes me really feel seen by you. And... That's what it is. That's that's the principle. It's like for me to tease her on these little things to make for me to tease her on the way she says something or her facial expression or her inflection or this pattern that she has. I have to pay a lot of attention to her. Right. If I didn't pay a lot of attention to her, I wouldn't have I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't have this detail to pay attention to. I mean, this is again, the more you pay attention to something, the more you have. This is true for writing. Right. If you want to be a good writer you gotta pay attention to what the, every scene, right? That the, These little details are what make things unique and interesting and low entropy. It's a whole other a whole other thing. The other side of this, and this is something that um, I often failed at when I was a more insecure person, the second principle is that after paying attention to things, you gotta make sure you're not taking things too seriously. There's always a lighthearted way to present something. Very often, it's simply paying attention to a detail, and then bringing it up in a, in a way that is um, sub-communicating, hey, everything's okay, right? When I was worse at this, you know, being an introvert, I've always paid attention to details a lot because I'd often be not speaking and observing. Still, still do this. Um, but in the past, I would, you know, say I was on a date and I was a little nervous, I might notice something she does, and I would like I'd say it, but it wouldn't come off in a funny way, It may come out in an interesting way, but that's just like, I wasn't saying it in a lighthearted way. When you take things too seriously, you're typically demonstrating insecurity. The reason why a funny guy is attractive, or humor in general, or a humorous view on life is attractive, is that in order for you to view the world humorously, you have to demonstrate a lot of security. Like if you look at some of the heroes, um, some of the super alpha heroes of the movies, um, Indiana Jones... Uh, James Bond, something more recent, let's say Deadpool, those characters who make tons of jokes in the heat of the moment, there's something very attractive about that, even even watching it on the screen. It demonstrates that even in the heat of battle, even when a boulder's chasing him or someone's shooting at him, he has the security to crack jokes. That demonstrates that you really are a fearless person, that you really are a dominant person whom other people can surrender in the presence of because you're going to create such a safe reality. That's why it's so important to take things not seriously. Because again, remember, every time a woman laughs at something you say, it's kind of a renewal or, or rehearsal of polarity. If you're already in a sexually polarized dynamic, it's kind of a renewal, right? Like, I know, I don't think about this obviously too much, but like, as long as I'm making my girlfriend laugh, we are maintaining our sexually polarized dynamic. Even if everything else goes to shit, if I'm making her laugh, we're maintaining that dynamic. On the flip side, if, if I say something genuinely funny and she doesn't laugh, I know, oh shit, something something's wrong, right? There's something that needs to be spoken about. There's some something messed up our dynamic that she's no longer willing to laugh at what I'm saying. It actually doesn't have that much to do on whether or not I'm being legitimately funny. A woman's laughter is an honest signal. It's a signal that cannot be faked, that she is willing to surrender in my presence. That's why it's so important. So just for for an example of this, which ties us into the third principle, and I mentioned this specific thing in the How to Get a Woman into her Feminine episode. I often will call things out, especially if she's testing me. I'll call things out, but I'll try to put a lighthearted spin on it. And the example I gave in that episode was if um, my woman's given me some sort of power dynamics test, like she's like telling me what to do, which she, she doesn't do very often, um, she actually asked me after that episode to make it clear that she's not always doing that because I made it sound like that in that episode. Um, but it's like sometimes she will, uh, you know, maybe she'll do something and it feels not right to me. You know, I'm noticing, I'm noticing a specific thing of like this doesn't feel good. When I was a younger, insecure person, I might have like maybe gotten butt about it, or maybe, you know, I would try to like bring it up in a confronting way if I like, bring up this detail, and it always came off as like me being insecure, because like why was I complaining about this little thing? But on the flip side, it had to, it has to be addressed, right? It can't just like sweep that under the rug, because on some preconscious level, she'll be disappointed that I didn't call her out on it. So what's the solution? As I mentioned in that episode. I call it out, but in a funny way. Like, don't tell me what to do. And then I grab her and kiss her and spank her on the butt, right? I'm still calling it out, but I'm calling it out in a very lighthearted, unserious way, which which demonstrates, it renews the polarity. It gives her an opportunity to laugh. It makes me feel good that I'm not hiding my truth. I'm calling out something that uh, needs to be called out, but I'm, I'm, I'm reasserting the reality that everything is okay. I'm okay, you're okay, we're okay, reality's okay, no one else, no one has to feel um, tense or. uh, We we basically can all let our guard down and laugh. That's why it's so important. Because if you want to get really nerdy for a second, the the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the feed and breed nervous system, activates when things are chill. The sympathetic nervous system activates when things are, when there's a dangerous situation, that's the fight or flight response. For feed and breed to happen, you really need to feel like you're not in danger, right? No woman can easily uh, go into orgasm or, or feel easily aroused, or even men, you know, if you have a psychogenic uh, issue or you know, if you ever have trouble getting it up or or you're just not feeling your mojo, it's typically because on some primal level you're not feeling safe and secure, so the sexual part of your, the reproductive system is like, well, we don't need to do this right now. Anyway, laughter is a sign. Uh, that everything's okay. Laughter and surrender are covariance. Laughter can promote surrender. Surrender can make laughter easier. It's this positive feedback loop if you're making your woman laugh, which brings us to our final principle, which is the type of humor we're going for here has to be transgressive on some level. It could be a little transgressive, but your humor needs to raise tension. I mean, this is, you know, if you want to Analyze humor. All humor has to raise tension and then the laughter is what releases it. I'm not going to try to explain that. Um, there's other books that do that, but this is the principle that matters in the how-to. One of the best examples of transgressive flirtation, it's not really funny. Actually, this is not a funny example at all. But I think uh, in this, in the movie Eyes Wide Shut with Nicole Kidman, there's a scene where she's at a party and some guy like takes her drink he doesn't, like, take it, like, in a snatching way. Like, he makes eye contact, takes her drink, and she's like, wow, I can't believe you're doing that. She obviously, he's invading her space. Takes her drink, and I forget what the dialogue was. I think she said something like, that's my drink, and he's like, I know. Or maybe there was no dialogue. I don't remember. It's been a long time. And he just, like, drinks the glass in front of her while looking at her. Like, he totally, on some small level, violated her space. But in a way that he's remaining in connection, it just raises the heat. And there's something super flirtatious about that and that's like i'm bringing up this example even though it's not laughter at all that this is kind of the feeling that high polarity humor has to convey like there has to be some like slight penetration of her space which means doing something or saying something that could be rejected if she really didn't want to surrender right obviously if you're on a first date it's going to be very different than what you might do with your wife of 10 years, right? Obviously with one, trust has not been established, whereas with the other, hopefully a lot of trust has been established and you can do things with each other. I mean, basically the boundary of where the tension lies is a lot further in a long-term relationship. Hopefully, if if you guys have had a healthy, polarized relationship for a while. This kind of transgressive humor where you're calling out something that could potentially be maybe be interpreted as mean if you weren't doing it in a very lighthearted, I'm okay, you're you're okay kind of way. It demonstrates that you aren't afraid. It demonstrates that you are willing to take responsibility for the reality. Playing it safe is just not ever sexy because, you know, that's not demonstrating that you are someone whom she could be pregnant with. Anyway, I know this was an unfunny video about humor, about laughter, but I, I did want to get down to why laughter is part of the human mating ritual and give you some practical advice on how to make women laugh or how to be a little more funny in your sexual dynamics in a way that increases polarization if you want to learn more about this stuff if you want to have more discussions with real guys you should check out my group on facebook the and underground forum if you go on Facebook just search for Masculine Underground or type into your browser forum.masculineunderground.com we have great discussions is the easiest way to interact with me or ask me questions there's also information about our live podcasts and our men's group which is every other week um, and if you want to learn more about embodying your archetypal masculinity check out my Masculine Archetype Challenge at MasculineArchetypeChallenge.com thanks for listening